GM, everyone, welcome to Flywheel, your number one source for Frax, DeFi, and everything in between. If you want to know what's going on in the world on chain, well, you've come to the right place. This is DeFi Dave, here with Capital K, and we're here to help you harness the power of the Flywheel. And today, we're levering up, we're going deep, and we're diving into infinity pools. We have on Matir, the CEO of infinity pools and we go in depth we go like literally infinitely deep about the structures and the mechanisms and the ramifications of such a new capital p primitive on chain kit what are your thoughts i actually have words of warning um i'm or word of caution to the listeners grab a notepad and a pen and literally listen and take screenshots and really yeah. understand this. Cause this could be a, a, a definitely new thing in the space. And you've heard it here first because yeah. we went deep for you guys on this one. Cause when yeah. I was doing my prep work for this podcast, I recognized the importance of what this primitive could be like. So you guys enjoy. Cause I yeah. definitely, we definitely went deep. Here. And he reveals some things that haven't been revealed before in previous podcasts. Like we go deep. Right. The true meat of this is like probably halfway through. So make sure you stick around for that. If you want to stick around and keep up with everything we're doing at Flywheel, hit that bell button. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Let us know what you think in the comments below. You know, follow us on Flywheel on Twitter at Flywheel DeFi. You can uh, also join our Telegram group at Flywheel DeFi. Join our newsletter, flywheeldefi.com, for all the latest updates. And you can follow me on Twitter at DeFiDave22. You can follow me at 0x capital underscore K. And I started early because let's get the flywheel spinning. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Flywheel. I'm your host, DeFi Dave, here with Capital K. And this week, we're taking a deep dive into infinity pools. Uh, we have Matir. Or Mature, uh, who is the uh, founder. And uh, what's your title there? Uh, CEO. CEO. Mr. CEO of the Infinity Pool. (laughs) It's funny because, like, you think of if you tell anybody outside of DeFi, I'm the CEO of Infinity Pools, they think of like literally like some like mansion with like a you know, with a pool overlooking some crazy view. Landscaping company. Landscaping company. I mean, that's that's what I'll bars. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I work on infinity pools. Yeah, I have a whole team. They're grinding ahead. Uh, but Matir, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. Uh, real pleasure to be here. So yeah, um, yeah. So let's uh, right into it because infinity pools is quite the novel concept for the world on chain. And uh, I'm just wondering, from first principles, how did you come up with infinity pools, and what are they? Sure. You know, so um, the way that we kind of like came up with Infinity, and like it was definitely a group effort, right? Like this is by no means like uh, me on my own, just kind of like grinding at night. Uh, <laughs> it was like, oh, wow. Uh, like this has been very much like an iterative process over the course of months uh, of research that like, you know, we, we eventually got to like the, the current um, like, you know, state of Infinity Pools. But mm-hmm really like the reason that we started working on infinity pools is because um, originally uh, we had launched another protocol uh, called Lemma, Lemma Finance uh, that was a stable coin, uh, actually the first stable coin ever built on top of like perp DEXs. Uh, we were the first ones to launch it. Um, 
And, um, you know, there, there was like definitely like some appetite there. Like there was a lot of excitement around DeFi derivatives. But as we built on top of perpdexes and perpetual futures, um, you know, we, we kind of like became intimately aware with all the problems that uh, perpetual futures as an instrument, as well as, um, yeah, really just perpetual futures as, a, as an instrument had. And the fact that um, with their current implementation, there would not, not be a Uniswap moment for uh, DeFi derivatives, right? Because in the end, even if perpdexes, you know, were terrible instruments and like hard to build on, if you had like, you know, crazy growth on top of perp DEXs, we would have still been able to like, you know, build some interesting use cases and like instruments on it. The problem is that um, essentially what we saw was that, you know, um, most perp DEXs were just a simple copy and paste of what was already existing off chain. Um, and without like any 10 X improvement, Right. Like the, the reason that Uniswap is so popular is not because it's trading on chain. It's because it offered a 10x improvement over its incumbents. Right. It, it allowed people to trade 10x more assets, uh, you know, via permissionless listing. But more importantly than that, it actually allowed traders to uh, trade those assets 10x faster. Right. So like there was no like listing process that that, um, you know, um, essentially uh reduced reduced the speed of trading um and so far we hadn't seen anything like that for infinity pools uh for like sorry uh DeFi derivatives and and so that's kind of like when we started like you know um thinking through um you know first principles um how could we offer leverage on the long tail of assets um and that's kind of like how like the mindset that we first started you know, think about like, not even like thinking about perps, right? Because we knew that like perps rely on oracles and oracles and long tail assets don't mix. Um, there's simply no way around that, right? So like, how do you offer leverage without oracles? And, um, you know, we, we kind of like came up with Infinipools then. And what we realized is that unlike Uniswap that, you know, offers two really, really nice 10x improvements, Infinity Pools offered like five different 10x improvements that were like um, <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, what are those five? Yeah, what are those five 10x improvements? Yeah, for sure. So, um, uh, so as, as I mentioned, right, like it's um, 10x more assets, uh, 10x um, a faster lead of um, 10x faster like listing, uh, right? So, like um, just because you as soon as it's available and transferable, you can trade them on infinity pools. Um, uh, so very much like Uniswap. Um, but the other free 10x improvements are uh, number one, 10x more leverage, right? So in our V1, we expect that we're going to be able to offer anywhere from uh, 1,000 to 5,000x leverage. Oh, on 5,000 now. Cap. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we actually managed to like bump it up uh, even more on high market cap assets. Um, so like, you know, Ethereum, um, you know, basically the top 10 coins are like top 50 or something. Um, and then, um, you know, 10 to 20,000 X on Forex pairs and then uh, potentially a hundred thousand X or more on pegged assets. So we're talking USDC, USDT, or, you know, STE, ETH. Um, Can you say that again? Did you say a hundred thousand? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm so thinking. It's, it's I'm like, thinking ETH and SFRAX ETH right now. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so ex- exciting times ahead. Um, you know, we're, we've got some really, really cool stuff coming. Um, and so this is actually way more than a 10 X for It's like a thousand X improvement, but um, literally, yeah. Um, so that's, that's the third one. The fourth one is no liquidations. Um, mm-hmm. that, that one's a little harder to like quantify, but really the way that we think about it is in terms of liquidation penalties, right? So for perps, what happens, and it, this is actually super interesting, right? Um, and like something that I, I haven't talked enough about, but think about it this way, right? With perps, you've got traders, you've got market makers, and then you've got liquidators. And essentially, mm-hmm. right, you've got $100 in the system. The $100 is going to be split between these three parties, which means that liquidators, you know, they get like some significant amount of money through, um, you know, liquidations and liquidation penalties. Because there are no liquidation penalties on infinity pools, that money stays in between traders and market makers, right? So essentially, it's just like a much more, uh, you know, you've got to ask yourself, right? Like, well, if the money goes to liquidators, where does it come from? Well, the money comes from traders, which is why like usually expected returns for traders on perpetual futures are are actually quite bad. but uh, yeah, um, we, we have an article talking about expected returns and everything. And for infinite pools, it's, it's actually, as you crank up the leverage beyond 15x, um, the expected returns on infinite pools for traders are 10x better, um, like, or even by several orders of magnitude. Um, so that's the fourth 10x improvement. And the fifth one is the fact that um, it's, it's what we call counterparty risk. And once again, this is, very hard to quantify, but um, basically the fact that we don't use oracles, the fact that um, all positions are always settled, um, you know, in in a predetermined, like mathematically guaranteed way um, means that there is no counterparty risk. And like all perpetual futures today, even the ones on DEXs have insane amounts of counterparty risk, right? That's why they Mm -hmm. have insurance funds. That's why like, and, and like, even if you think about Mango, right, like it, it wasn't yeah. strictly like a perpetual futures hack, but like it, it, it might as well have been, right? Um, it's like Oracle based, um, mm-hmm. it's like exact same system, right? Just essentially manipulating the spot market to like, you know, then like, um, you know, make money off of like the, the synthetic or like a loan. Um, so, um, yeah, so th- th- those are kind of like a high level of the five five uh, different ten x improvements or five to a thousand x improvements. Yeah, I watched the Dan Elzer interview on Bankless the other day about making DeFi more resilient. And, you know, the number one one of the number one things he said uh, was that oracles are such a big dependency in DeFi, and you know, we want to create protocols that don't have such big dependencies. And I feel like you guys are going along that path. Um, have you seen that? And like, where do you think infinity, infinity pools fits within that context? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, you know, like I'm a big fan of Dan Elzer. I think he's, uh, one of the smartest, uh, investors in the space. Um, so I, I, I totally agree with him. Right. And like really the way you need to think about it is, okay, well, what is a primitive and was it, what isn't a primitive, right? Like a primitive needs to be something like Uniswap, right? Which is almost uh, immutable, um, you know, gover- governance like, like light or like less uh, completely. And 
um, yet can essentially survive no matter what happens, right? It, uh, unless you you have essentially like zero to like extremely low counterparty risk, I don't think you should be able to call yourself primitive, um, mm-hmm. because they are really like the building block of everything else. Right? And when you have oracles, um, you're really um, creating vulnerab- vulnerabilities on two different axes. The first axis is time, right? So um, you know, an asset that might be liquid today is not always going to be liquid tomorrow, right? Which means that, um, you know, if you're trying to liquidate an asset today and it goes really well, well, liquidating that same asset tomorrow using an Oracle um, actually might not work at all, right? So um, that's that's the first axis. And then the second axis is also um, uh, TVL, right? So um, essentially protocols that use oracles um, as their TVL grows and you can borrow and borrow more assets or like, you know, put on bigger size. um, That actually is also like a, a, like a exploitable um, surface um, or like a attack area, right? Because what it means is that you've got more gunpowder to, you know, um, manipulate markets, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, as, as soon as we're talking about like using oracles, um, you've got, yeah, plenty of surface attack area and any, you know, decks or like any, you know, like protocol that uses them should not really be able to like call themselves a primitive um, just because there are, there are simply too many exploits and vulnerabilities introduced when, when you start, you know, messing around with oracles. Yeah, I like what you said earlier about... Uh... If there are dependencies, if there's oracles, if there is counterparty risk of any sort, then you can't call yourself a primitive. And these primitives are the building blocks of DeFi and this economy on chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to build a resilient financial system, you know, that will last and, um, you know, that, that that's 10x better than like the traditional finance system. And I think that like the only way we can do that is by making sure that's we build extremely robust, um, strong, and efficient, scalable primitives. And yeah, um, yeah, I concur. Uh, yeah. Let's get it. Let's get right into uh, how the whole process works. Uh, can you walk us through step by step what it's like to be an LP, and then what it's like to be a trader, and how that flow works? Yeah, for sure. Um, so maybe I can start with LP, right? Um, the experience for LPs is actually extremely simple um also can i share videos here like, yeah yeah you can yeah yeah so this this can maybe be like a bit of a an exclusive for uh Ooh. Um, flywheel exclusive flywheel. everyone we like it we like it yeah um yeah and, 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 I, I actually and, yeah, yeah we like recently filmed like a demo on loom so oh dude, that's awesome yeah yes i mean i I've watched, you know, I've read two articles, watched three videos preparing for this. So I'm very familiar with how it works. And your example of always using the 900 USDC, I'd love to see how it looks like in a UI form. So I, I'm stoked for this. Yeah, cool. Can, can you guys see, uh, see the, uh, yeah. yep. So this is like specifically for like the, the LPing, but, mm-hmm. um, okay. So basically, um, it's pretty simple. You're going to have like, you know, like, um, a supply like dashboard where you can like go in, see your active positions, 
with like uh, WEF USDC, you know, you've got like some liquidity deployed. We're, we're, there are still like some changes that are going to happen, but essentially when you have, um, actually, let me show you how to like provide liquidity first. So let me, there you go. Basically, um, oh, I like the UI. When when you get to uh when you get to our like um website and you click on like you know whatever like lend out or like uh, you know start earning yield, um you get two options. Um, the first one is lending out your Uniswap LP, and the second one will be providing liquidity directly. Um, so if we click on lend out your Uniswap LP, you know, and you have your wallet connected, they'll directly. Mm -hmm or like automatically detect all the NFTs that you actually have in your wallet. Mm -hmm. And um, based on that, it'll, um, you can just scroll through, select which one you want to lend out, um, click continue. And then, you know, it kind of like gives you some details. Um, you confirm mm -hmm. that like that this is in fact the one that you want to lend out and then boom, it's done. It's literally a one click process. And this is how you like, you know, um, get, get like, you know, some initial liquidity. Um, of course, you can also provide liquidity directly to the protocol. And this is also extremely straightforward. This is the exact same uh, UX as um, Uniswap. Um, the only difference is that you don't have a fee tier, right? So when you're depositing liquidity in a pool, um, this is a fee tier less, um, mm -hmm. which makes it a little simpler. But um, overall, um, yeah, it's the exact same you know, you prove your deposits, start earning, boom, that you're done. Um, and it. then, you know, coming back to this, like you can see your active positions here. Um, can click in it. Um, and then you can kind of see, you know, um, how much liquidity you have, like your unclaimed fees. Um, and then, you know, you can, um, let's say you want to close your position, right? You can choose like how much of it you can close. You can withdraw now and we're, we're going to change some of this stuff, but like basically like um, there are free main perks or like there, there are actually like a bunch of different perks to like um, providing liquidity on infinity pools. Um, but um, there is also one uh, drawback. So what are the free main perks? The first one is essentially that you're getting higher yields um, simply because on top of spot fees, your liquidity is being lent out to leverage traders, right? And um, what that means is that like that, then there's like also like volatility arbitrage that you can do to like get the, the pool yield to be at a certain level. Um, essentially, like you're, you're almost like you're almost like always going to be making higher yields. Um, the second thing is that you're making yields, right? Like even when your liquidity is not in range, right? What that means is that like if you've got liquidity, uh, between $800 and $900 and the market price of the asset in the pool is $1,000, you're actually still making money, right? Because your liquidity is being lent out, right? Mm. Like it, it doesn't matter that like it's not near the market price, it's still being lent out and therefore you are getting paid for it. Um, and number three, it's um, a JIT resistance, right? So basically there's no, um, and, and this is like um, also part of like the the drawback, which is that, when you deposit your assets, you're essentially lending out a part of your assets. You're, and the way you, you can think about it is that you're lending them out for one day. Um, and what that means, right, is that if I lend you out uh, $100, right, for 24 hours, right, 
um, and you pay me $10, right, in interest upfront to have lent you that $100. And then um, I go like, hey, actually, I want to like, you know, take my assets out of this loan 12 hours in, right? So like 12 hours in, I'm like, hey, actually, I don't want to make this loan, which is, you know, what withdrawing liquidity from the pool is, is like, right? You're essentially taking back your assets. Well, you can do that, but you need to pay to essentially borrow back your assets for the remaining 12 hours, right? So like in this case, if the interest rate stays the same, then I would pay $5, right? So I got paid $10. There's basically a penalty if you withdraw early as a liquidity provider? Exactly. Okay. Um, and, and, and once again, this is just like in case like you think that like things are going to go to shit in the like complete immediate, um, mm-hmm. you know, like future. And you just like, you know, want to pay like a, a, a fee to like take out your assets. Right. And so once again, if I paid, if I got paid $10 for a 24 hour loan, it's 12, 12 hours remaining on that loan. I want to take them back. Essentially what I do is that I just borrow from anyone yep. else. And, you know, I, 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 I pay $5. And so that's what the withdraw now um, thing is. And like, obviously there's like an outrageous mm-hmm. price here. Like it's just <laughs> uh, like not, not actually true, but like, you know, we're, we're just kind of like operating with fake data. And then the other option, right, which is the free option, which is just um, you can withdraw your assets gradually, right? So like essentially um, you get 50% of your assets back the first day, uh, 75% mm-hmm. of your assets back the second day, um, and actually, like, it's it's even more than that because you get, uh, you know, if the utilization ratio is, like, I, I won't get into it, but, like, you get a lot of your assets back, like, essentially, like, immediately. And then, like, you get, like, an exponential unlock. So, like, by the time it's, like, you know, the sixth day, you only have, like, 90, like, you only have, like, 2% maybe or, or less, like, assets left in, in the pool. Um Got it. So, so yeah, basically, it's 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 a pretty fast withdrawal, right? It's just that it unlocks um, over the course of a couple of days. So, Matthew, quick question: When you first lend your LP position into the protocol, do you get to select a duration or a term, or is it just kind no, of automatic? No, it's just kind of like you you lend once and then it like does it automatically for you. It's right? Infinite. So, Okay, I understand. Okay, so you guys just drop it in there, and then whatever, then this gradual withdrawing thing is it always going to be fixed? That like by the sixth day, pretty much everybody, pretty much you're fully out, or can that be dragged on if like say there aren't enough liquidity for me to borrow that liquidity to to, to pull it back out? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a great question. So think about it this way, right? So you've got uh, the utilization rate that's at thirty percent in a pool. Right. So mm-hmm. that means that like 30% of the assets are currently being loaned out mm-hmm. as a liquidity provider. If I've got a hundred dollars in this pool and I click on withdraw gradually. So, you know, just kind of like, um, like o- over a period of time, what that means is that I get back $70 immediately. So I get back $70 immediately and the remaining $30 that are on loan um, essentially get unlocked exponentially. Um, and so for the remaining $30, then yes, it's, it's because all loans are the exact same in terms of, uh, Mm -hmm. maturity. Um, they will all like, you know, like it, it, it always takes essentially like four to seven days to like get to like 98%. uh, Got it. But, 
around. Got it. Let's say, because, you know, you mentioned earlier that you want this to be that any tail asset, just like how Uniswap, the moment is transferable, you can have this market. Let's say it's yep. super early and it's just us three in this pool. And yep. let's say, you know, we all own a third evenly pro rata. So now let's say the utilization rate is like you said, a, thir- a 30%. All three of us decides to hit withdraw gradually. Then we'll each obviously get the pro rata of, you know, our, our 70. But then if the traders who borrowed it didn't close their position, how do we get the remaining balance out? Um, right. So basically, the, the, the way you can think about it, right, is that these loans are negotiated upfront, right? So mm. essentially, um, if um, there is no liquidity left in the pool, then the interest rate, which is based on the utilization ratio, shoots up to infinity and then mm-hmm. the trader can no longer afford it, right? So if the utilization rate is uh, 100%, interest rate shoots to infinity, trader can no longer afford it. So um, uh, obviously their their position gets closed. Um, right, but by themselves, right? They they have to pay it on their own. I thought the interest rate was paid up front. So what, what happens yes. when the utilization rate, you know, maxes out after the interest is paid? Does it... Does more interest gets add on? Nope. No, no, no. So once again, like all of this stuff is like pre-negotiated, right? So in this case, the trader would, you know, pay like the same rate that like they, they would have like always paid with like free LPs in the pool. And then when free LPs like simultaneously withdraw, then the next interest rate is essential infinity. They can't pay that. So when they the just can't borrow more, over, oh, they can't borrow. Yeah. Yeah, they can't exactly. borrow more, can't but borrow but more. the current loan won't be over, right? Because I could technically just hold this position and never pay back the loan. Sorry, what? Uh, could I... again, all these loans yeah. like stay locked in the protocol, right? So like they can't just like decide not to pay it back. Uh, right, but I, that's the trader. Um, maybe it's helpful now to go through the the trader. Trader, route, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Because yeah. then I was uh, before we, we get way too deep uh, in this because I. This, here's, here's the thing with, with Flywheel Pod. It's like I've watched all of your other pods and I would love to, for us to get to that deeper level because our audience is that intermediate to expert level DGEN. So I'm sure 90% of them have already watched your pod on Blockmates or Blockworks already. So like here is where I want to get into the meat and gritty. And plus it was like three months ago that you spoke with those guys. So I'd love to hear like your thinking, how ha- that has evolved, how the product has evolved. So let's, let's, let's get deep on this call. Yeah, yeah. No, would love that. So, um, yeah, once again, uh, I mean, pretty much like, you know, um, let me actually just like show here. Yeah. So this is, this is what like the, the homepage is going to look like, or, you know, once again, we, we actually filmed this like two months ago. So like, you know, our, our front end has actually been like very close to ready for, for a while, but, um, unlimited leverage, no liquidations, any asset, you know, and you'll be able to trade any tokens, you know, we'll show you the most traded highest leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our investors, <laughs> nice. um, uh, with like some of our stuff. Um, and then, you know, you can just choose like, you know, your, your token here, um, with like popular markets. And so let's say that we're trading, uh, chain link, uh, which is kind of hilarious given. Yeah. Our like uh, front end, you know, web free engineer, uh, John Johnson, who's, who's an absolute beast um, filmed this. And uh, yeah, I, I wonder, I wonder. He's a sense he of humor. <laughs> yeah. irony. 
Um, uh, so, I mean, it's super simple, right? It's, um, and by the way, like this guy, um, this guy uh, was um, the guy that essentially developed Matcha.xyz. Oh, uh, really? That's one yeah. of my favorite products. Yeah. And Very he, clean uh, UI. Yeah, he was an engineering manager at uh, Zero X, and uh, together with our designer, actually, like they built the first version of Matcha. Um, yeah, that's yeah. my go-to aggregator. Wow. Honestly, nice, nice trivia. Yeah, nice so trivia. If, nice. You just see like some similarities or like some stuff like I that. I do yeah. a little I bit. Do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, like um, actually, one of the things is like you know, like the the stuff below. I don't know if you can see yeah. it. Um, I definitely see. like this graph better than the Matcha graph, though. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's a little more technical a little more like detailed um which is uh -huh. nice yeah but um yeah like you know it's super simple once again you can deposit you know so like we're in a, a chain link usdc pool right so when you come in um you select longer short um you can de decide to deposit either link or usdc so we're actually going to be multi-collateral on every single pool um which you know is, is actually pretty nice for a lot of traders mm -hmm. Um, you select your leverage, your position size, um, and once again, like um, we'll, we'll tell you, like uh, you know, based on like the utilization rate, like what is the highest leverage you can like um, get for like link, and then um, on the back end, and this is actually like a really really cool feature of Infinity Pools. Um, on the back end, um, we are. Um, um, using one inch to execute all orders. Mm. Um, oh. So what that means is that from day zero on infinity pools, when traders enter or exit any position, they will get the best slippage in the entire spot market. which means that from day zero slippage will be a slippage fees, uh, market impact, all of that will be extremely, extremely good. Right. So like if we're thinking about like Arbitrum, Right then on Arbitrum, you know, we would have access to like GMS and GMX. We would have access to, um, you know, like all of the spot liquidity on like RFQs. We would have access to like, like pretty much everything. Um, right. Which is pretty, pretty cool feature that, you know, um, um, is, is pretty cool. So actually, like the only okay. thing that the liquidity in uh, the infinity pools, native pools, like really affects is the interest rate that the traders pay. Right. So like if there's like more liquidity in the pools, then like traders pay like a, a smaller rate uh, and right. vice versa. But the slippage is always the best in the spot market, no matter what. Got it. And is the reason you chose one inch because they've already deployed a multiple chains rather than, say, like CowSwap or something else like that or, or Matcha? <laughs> or, oh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, to be completely honest, like uh, it's just because we had already like worked with like a one inch integration, like back in the day. And it was just kind of like easy for got it, got it, got to it. Like, Yeah. Add, so like, with, with one inch, are you using what like, their like router or like you use, are you using like one inch? Like, how is it like for execution or are you using their liquidity? Like, or like not liquid or aggregation? Like how are you guys exactly using one inch? Um, we are just using it, uh, just, you know, trading, trading on it. Okay. So like, you know, like, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, we've got uh, a person that's just borrowed a thousand USDC and they want to convert it to, you know, Ethereum. Okay. Uh, like let's, uh, just one inch swap this like, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. Or Ethereum. That makes sense. So, 
Um, because once again, the way that Infinity Pools works, right, is that like you use like the Infinity Pools pool to borrow right. assets, and then you know you do an atomic swap um, to like enter into like a longer short position. All right. Got it. So once again, um, you know you choose your um, like uh, collateral, uh, you choose your leverage, choose your position mm -hmm. size. You can see at what price you're going to get executed, or you know estimated execution price, the interest rate that you're going to pay the estimated time to close, right? So like given like the collateral that you put down, like how long would this like like position potentially, if, if it were to lose money, um, and this is like simply in the case like that it were to lose money, this is like how long it would, it would last. And then the fees and slippage um, or like market impact. Um, once again, and, and, this, like, mm -hmm. two months ago. So, mm -hmm. so it's, it's a little, a little outdated. Okay. And by lose money, did you mean by the interest rate that is kind of like, you know, deducted from the collateral or lose money as in? Um, lose money as in you go 1,000x long and like the price crash is 50%. Um, yeah. So like, and by the way, like when that happens, right, like your, your losses are obviously limited, but um, that's yeah. that's what I mean. Like when the price but, moves against you, like and when the price moves against you, you essentially... Um, you don't have like any additional like you know like you you can't sell some of your position to essentially like pay funding rates right because your position is already underwater but mm -hmm. if you go a thousand x long and the price goes up like 10 percent, then you all of a sudden have like huge unrealized pnl and you can actually use that unrealized pnl to like keep your position going so that means that the estimated time to close is is, is not actually accurate Right. Because oh, okay. Like, so got it. Unrealized PNL. Got it. So the interest rate is one thing, but the funding rate is is on top of that. Um, they're they're the same thing, right? Like it's okay. It's, That's it's what it's not. Sorry, it, it, it was that not clear? Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just trying to understand, like, if the interest rate is already all paid up front. And yes. it's taken out of the collateral, right? Because yes. you know, even though this has five X here, yeah, even though I'm like I probably. Right. Yeah, yeah, and this is done every day, right? So it's like you can think of it as like a funding rate, right? So like every day you pay this interest rate upfront. Oh, it's it's basically a funding rate with twenty four hours funding collection instead. So it's like a it's like a twenty four hour loan each day, and that's the funding rate. Understood. Okay, got it. And that is taken out of the collateral every single twenty four hour period. Got exactly. It. Yeah. Got and it. and this is it's actually not like twenty four hours. It's actually taken out every single block. Um, oh, so, okay, right. Uh, yes, um, yeah, got it. Yeah, but yeah. but the index, actual the, the index rate is, is oh, so the rate changes on a per block basis too. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, and that's how you got the time because obviously you can kind of factor in if this exchange rate or if, if this funding rate stays the same for however many days, you'll be done in five days, twelve hours, and three minutes, or however yeah, many yeah, equivalent blocks. So Understood. Like, okay. Once again, this is an estimation given the current. Sure, rate. sure, sure. Sure, sure. Understood. Okay. That's what you got. Because I was just thinking like, how can you get a time and date stamp on market price movements? I'm like, what? I'm like, so in five days, we definitely got to shorten everybody. <laughs> you know, and we can just follow that. Yeah, uh, this is awesome. obviously like uh, on a on a per trader basis. And uh, okay. um, actually, and, and, one of the interesting mm -hmm. things is that mm -hmm. um, for traders, we're also going to have like what's called a interest rate tolerance which basically means that like if the interest rate for a position um, like goes above a certain threshold, um, essentially your, uh, 
um, your position starts to unwind. Um, so basically, mm -hmm. it uh, allows traders to protect against like, you know, and, and by the way, like it unwinds with no slippage. And so what that means is that it protects traders against extremely volatile interest rates, right? Um, so for example, with like funding rates currently on perps, right? Like it can be so volatile that like, and people don't really realize it, right? Like, like they can jump from like minus to like plus 150% APY, right? And that can like really yep. wreck your position if you're not careful. And so like, that's, that's definitely something that we wanted to like, you know, think about and like offer a solution to um, here. And like, this is definitely for much more advanced types of traders, but um, still good to mention it just in case, right? Um, no, I, I, I definitely appreciate that you guys are looking out for that stuff because it, it could dynamically do that f for me. Um, I mean, frankly, when you're be whenever you're paying the funding rate, um, you're probably the market's probably going in your direction uh, most of the time. So, so kind of when you do have to wind down because the interest rate shot up so high, you're probably in the green. So you probably you're not closing it at a loss per se. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, but I actually have a question for you, Matthew, regarding the asset type here. The I can only provide link as collateral in this link USDC pair, right? I can't do cross coin margin. No, no, you you can provide a USDC as as collateral here. Did you? But I can provide like ETH. Uh, oh no, you can't provide ETH. No, but you know, if yeah. you wanted to like provide ETH, what you could do is you could go to like a link ETH pool, and then in that case, you could provide ETH as collateral for like you know like uh, uh, link ETH, like yeah stuff. But currently, no, you cannot provide the third cross margin. Yeah. yeah. Dave, any question on your end? Yeah. Um, I had a question. So how do I understand for LPs at a wide range, you guys, LPs are in lending fees and at a small concentrated range, that is uh, when the trading fees are earned. And so I'm wondering, um, do, what is like the expected, uh, you know, in like APR for the you know, lending markets and then expected APR for trading fees. And uh, can you explain just like the difference a bit further for the audience? Yeah. Um, okay. So the expected APR for lending markets Yeah. Um, and, and for trading fees. Okay. So number one, I think that like really like separating the two, um, that doesn't make a lot of sense okay. uh, right? because um, essentially what happens is that, um, you know, like LPs only really get paid one rate. Right. Um, and that rate is essentially going to be um, it's going to be like affected by the lending market. So what do I mean by that? Um, the correct way to look at um, what LPs should be compensated is in terms of what we call volatility. Right. So, um, you know, you've got. Um, um, asset volatility, right? And what LPs are really doing usually is that they're selling volatility, right? And so what you want to do as an LP is that you want to be compensated fairly for the volatility that you are selling. And there are different levels of volatility that, um, you know, you should really be compensated at, right? So um, really it's realized volatility, which is, you know, historical volatility, and then you've got what we, what is called implied volatility, which is what the markets actually believe um, the 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 volatility should be priced at. So um, LPs here 
um, should be, uh, um, be compensated at implied volatility levels. Um, so what does that mean? That means that um, if the uh, like yield that um, LPs are, is, are getting paid is below uh, realized volatility or even implied volatility, then somebody can go on infinity pools and essentially buy volatility. The way they can do that is by essentially going both long and short at the same time. Um, and um, by doing that, essentially what's happening is that um, you essentially are betting on the fact that like um, the price that you're paying for volatility is smaller than the probability of the price moving, right? And, can you repeat and that so, one more time? Yes. So when you buy volatility, what you're doing is that you're betting that the pre the premium that you're paying up front, right? The, the, the interest rate that you're paying up front to borrow assets is going to be smaller than the probability of the price of the asset moving in either direction, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially you're betting on the asset being volatile. And, and so basically like what, what this all kind of like comes down to is that um, traders and LPs, so LPs specifically, will always get paid at least realized volatility, if not implied volatility, um, because there is this arbitrage that exists, right, where you can essentially just bid up the volatility, right? And, and so that's why I say that, like, you know, lending and, like, the trading fees are intrinsically linked, right? Because essentially, like, there's always, like, this arbitrage that, like, uses the lending to get oh. a floor on the yields that they make, right? So there's a floor for the uh, yields um, for LPs. Um, and um, this is actually really, really good, right? Because um, you look at most Uniswap pools right now and they're, net, they're getting compensated below realized volatility levels, which is um, actually quite bad. Um, so Yeah, like once you're out of it, the range and impermanent loss, you're wrecked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... And so here there's like a floor and like there's no real ceiling, right? So like you can get compensated um, essentially like extremely, extremely high amounts depending on like, you know, what the utilization rate is in a pool um, and like, you know, how much demand for leverage there is in that pool. Um, so yeah. Um, very, very and and just to, to finish the, the, the traders bit here, like after I leveraged and got this 500 link, you said earlier in the call that it would, stay in the protocol now do i then turn around and re lp those 500 link into this linked usdc pair or i would put it like super far out of the range just so that it's obviously not going to get uh, uh touched or does it just kind of stay in my wallet so sorry can you repeat that question sure so after i i leveraged long here with 500 link right yep uh and where does that 500 link go? Because it just, does it just stay in my wallet or can I take that 500 link and say LP it into this link USDC pair so I get to earn, you know, my leverage long plus some lending interest rate that we just talked about right now? Yeah, so uh, if, if you go leverage link, you know, 500 link, um, it, it stays stuck like in there, right? Like you can't really move it anywhere else. Like, I, I mean, eventually, like maybe we'll be able to do stuff, but like, yeah, here it, it just like stays there, right? Like this is like Got it. money that you borrowed 
like you can't loan out money that you borrowed. Um, so got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, no that makes <laughs> no. So no loop. No loop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No I mean, but, like, I mean there's no need for looping, you can leverage. Right? Like, yeah, you can leverage as much as you want. Leverage. So yeah. 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 And and just to to finish my my thought here is like that. F- 500 link that I effectively, rather that 400 link that I effectively took from the LPers, are those 400 links still in the liquidity pool so that other people could use it for liquidity purposes, just like trading in and out? Or is that 400 link kind of like taken out completely from the liquidity pool? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's taken out of the liquidity pool, yes. Um, basically oh, what's okay. happening, right, is that, um, you know, like if you've got 500 link, right, and you borrow, well, like really what you're doing here, if you're going long link, what you're actually doing is USDC. that you're borrowing USDC and then you're convert, And so like you're taking out the USDC out of the pool and then you're swapping that USDC for link. But yes, you're, okay. you're essentially taking it out, out, out of the pool. Also, my got computer it. is about to die. Um, sorry, give me a second. Can you guys? Okay, yeah, sure. This? Yeah, we, we can pause here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can pause here. Pause and, and, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go and find a charger. That we're we're getting Thanks, to the guys. meat of this. A few moments later. Hey guys, <laughs> got a charger. <laughs> we're nice. still back. Okay. Uh, so the 500 link here that you just borrowed, like mm-hmm. that is effectively taken out of the liquidity pool. Because, yep. you know, I, I borrowed the, the USDC and then I swapped that USDC for 500 link. Now that 500 link sits in my wallet that is in the protocol still, but it's out of the liquidity pool. So now there is more USDC in this pool than before uh, uh, my trade. Um, yeah, so um, so you've got a pool, right? Like um, below the market price, it's all USDC. Above the market price, it's all link. Right, so let's say you've got a uh, thousand USDC below the market price. When you borrow, um, you know whatever, let's say like a thousand dollars worth of USDC, then you take out that USDC out of the pool, right? So there's only like, um, you know, like a smaller amount of USDC left in the pool, right? And then you mm-hmm. take that USDC and you swap it for Link using one inch on the back end, right? Mm-hmm. So like. Um, and, and then that link um, is is locked onto like the exchange, yes. Um, but there there isn't more or less um, USDC or link in the pool, right? So it's all about like uh, proportions. Okay, okay. Maybe let's let's Eli five for for that for a second. Let's 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 do simple numbers. Let's say link is a dollar, and then yep. I borrowed a hundred link, or rather, I borrowed a hundred USDC from yep. this pool. So now this pool just have minus 100 USDC because I yep. had to withdraw that liquidity. Then yep. I took it, went to one inch and bought a hundred uh, link worth across of DeFi, which yep. it could hit that same UniV3 pool that I borrowed from. So a little bit of that USDC could potentially flow back into this origination pool. Yeah, And then, absolutely. you know, I've got it. Okay. So- Wait, how could I it see. flow back into the origination pool? Uh, because um, essentially, well, it, it, what's happening, right, is that um, the the lending, it, like right, like where you're borrowing liquidity from, also doubles as the spot dex. Right? Okay. So like, yeah, like one inch uh, eventually will also feed into like the infinity pools uh, spot dex, right? Oh, okay. So you guys will have a spot dex eventually, and 
Are we ready to? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're like, once again, like, I, I don't think that's our main appeal, right? Like, yeah. people care a lot more about, like, leverage, leverage. trading. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I don't even know if we're going to expose it. But, yes, it, it is a possibility. I, I mean, it's just the Uni V3. Like, one inch will find the best liquidity. And if this is a tail asset, most likely they would only have yeah. very few pools. And most likely the same pool in which you are leveraging from is the same pool in which you're going to hit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very likely. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's why for, for me, I, I'm just thinking like, is there edges or, or kind of limits to this thing where how much leverage I can kind of take out? Cause I can only borrow so much USDC out of this pool and then swap it for this asset. And if the uni V3 pair is the only pair in the game, then sooner or later, like all of the, link for lack of a better example is going to be completely out of the liquidity pool and it's going to be usdc and like you know one um, so actually the, yeah. the interesting thing here right is that the liquidity that you're taking out is not the same liquidity that you're using for swapping what do i yeah, mean that's what that? i thought yeah right so yeah, th- think about it this way you're borrowing usdc right to buy link right so like this is all usdc that's below the market price Yes. Right, and then you're taking that USDC, right, and you're um, essentially buying link with it, right. So what you're doing is that you're pushing up the market price. So essentially, right. as you push up the market price, what you're doing is that you're actually like when you're doing the swap, you're not using like liquidity below the market price. You're using liquidity above the market price. So you can right. see how the liquidity that you borrowed is completely different from the one that you um, like used to swap. You're borrowing using liquidity below the market price, but you're swapping using liquidity above the market above. price. I, I get that, I get that. But let's say you keep on borrowing so much USDC that you keep on driving the price up so high that mm-hmm. effectively you run out of quantity of token B when you have used all of the USDC. It's, assuming there's only this one pool, this one uni V3 pair, and you keep on smashing it like that, and you just keep on riding it up, more USDC will flow back into this, or rather the USDC that you took out will flow back in, and then just more of uh, token A will just come out of this pool. Yeah, so the interesting thing about infinity pools, right, is that unlike perpetual futures, it's margin trading, right? So what you're actually trading here is spot, and spot is like a real tangible asset, right? What that means is that if you push up the price of an asset, right, and specifically a spot asset in a very real way across all of DeFi, what you're actually doing is that you are um, like pushing the real value of this asset, right? So like sure, it's, sure. It's, it's what we call positive slippage, right? It's it's like, you know, you're going long link and you push up the asset price. That's actually a good thing for you. It, it, was that not your question? Sorry, I might've misunderstood. No, no, no. I, I understand it. it. It's the the collateral and the asset value. I totally get. I'm my my point was that the actual quantity of link in this pool is going mm-hmm. to go keep on going down and down and down because the the link that you just told me this four hundred link from this demo or five hundred link is actually taken out of the liquidity pool. It's not going to be put back in. And if this yeah. is the only pool in the game, like this is the only pool where I can buy link, then I just took five hundred link out of the liquidity pool. And over time, there's going to be fewer link in the liquidity pool, even though my position is up bigly, right? But there's there will be fewer link in this pool. 
Well, you can also think of it as like, a, you know, in terms of utilization rate, right? Like the more you use like liquidity, the higher the yields are going to be paid in the, in the pool. And then like the more people will like come in and want to like LP, right? So it's, sure, it's sure, like sure. very much like a lending market, right? If you've got yeah. like a <laughs> lending market where like the yields like, you know, for like link are super, super high, like, you know, like we're talking like triple digits, well, like. People are going to like be like, okay, yeah, I should definitely put some of my link in here. Right. So like, yeah, no, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. So people would definitely come in and, and ape in. Cause I, I'm just thinking of like what it would look like for these super long tailed assets. Right. And you see some very weird behavior with mm -hmm. these longer tailed assets rather than the, the usual blue chip, the blue chip stuff. Like this will never happen with Ethan and WBTC, like never. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I'm just trying to, yeah, like these low liquidity there. meme coins. I wonder what would happen with them. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be like some super interesting things, but uh, happening there, right? Like it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, we'll see. But um, so far, like in terms of like, you know, trying to get leverage, like on these coins, like this is definitely by far the safest option, right? This is like even safer mm -hmm. than, you know, going on like some like market and like borrowing and then like looping that, that, that borrowing, right? Mm -hmm. So and so now let's um if we can go back to the original question of like what happens now when a LPR decides to withdraw right let's say everybody decides to withdraw at the same moment and obviously if that happens you can't hit the withdraw now you would have to hit the withdraw gradually or everyone would just automatically be put into the withdraw gradually mm -hmm. um so well, like, actually what, what, what you would yeah. see is that like the the price for the withdraw now would like shoot up to like essentially unfathomable or like like would shoot up like crazy right because that's the interest right. rate that you have to pay to like right, right, right. assets um right. because there's no asset like, to borrow yeah yeah if there's no assets to borrow then it's infinity yeah so everybody that. hits gradual so no one's gonna hit that everyone withdrawal. it's gonna be it's unless gonna be you really need that money mistake. for some reason yeah unless you need that bro but you would get pennies on a dollar back like there's no one logically enough to like we'll do that. So you, well, everyone will hit the, the gradual withdrawal. The market right? is a rational kit. That's fair. <laughs> That's, <not>. fair. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's um, fair. But in, in this situation, let's say everybody smashed that gradual withdrawal. Like Matthew, can you walk me through what happens if all of the unborrowed liquidity is kind of like given back out to all the LPRs? Like what happens to those assets that are still borrowed? What happens to those assets that are still borrowed? Um, so they get unlocked gradually, right? In the same, like, you know, period as, um, you know, people like essentially withdrawing gradually, right? Right, because the collateral would, because the funding rate, you have to pay it on a per block basis and your collateral is going to get chipped, 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 chipped away, right? And the, yeah, the funding is probably going to be- negotiating all this stuff up front. So it's, it's actually not mm -hmm. like, the way that you oh. renegotiate, the way that you renegotiate like your rates is is, is probably like every like few hours. It, it, it's actually gas dependent. So um, oh, essentially, okay. if you spend more gas or like it, it, we're still like this is like actually one of the things that we're still like figuring it out like in in the last like couple of weeks. But um, yeah, the, essentially, like the the more gas you spend, like the higher the native the rate of re renegotiation. But then the less like gas you spend, like the le less you renegotiate your rate. Oh, I see. I I mean, it, no, no matter what, this 
prepayment is only in a 24-hour period, right? Like, it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's or, definitely or, or, happening. On a like, basis. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. like, you know, you're like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm just gonna like, I, I want to pay like, you know, like five dollars to borrow these a hundred dollars, and then the guy's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that deal, and then the loan happens, right? And then like next right. time, I'm like, hey, you know, like, I actually want to borrow more. Um, or like, Hey, you know what? Like, you know, my, my current loans like expired, like, Hey, um, you know, or, so basically like you wait for your loan to expire and they renegotiate. Right. Um, Got it. So but, that's, but, that's but this, this loan expiring, this, this loan expiring is every, like you said, like, you know, every 24 hours, um, effectively on a per block basis. Right? Seven you days, have right? to... So like every seven days, the loan expires. Right. So like essentially, but you're like gradually renegotiating the rate, right? Because you don't need to like reborrow everything at once. Okay. I see. I think I missed that key bit is that every loan starts with a seven day um, kind of lock on it. Okay. Understood. Now that's why you said the gradual withdrawals also on the seven day. Okay. I think that seven day bit was, was totally um, missing communication or if you had said it, I totally missed it, but now I get it. I tried to it away a little bit just because, you know, it doesn't like, you know, from a trader perspective, it doesn't look like a loan at all. Right. Because they can like, like get in and out of like the trading position immediately. Right. Because in the end, like the only thing that matters is like, yeah. Um, the 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 liquidity to be able to hop in and out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I see. So then now uh, it, across this, this seven day, I'm just thinking about what the part where at the end of these seven days, I would have to repay the loan, right? If I cannot repay the loan, then, um, well, it would just be taken from me because the loan is over and I didn't renegotiate and the LP is like, no, 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 I don't want to do another loan. So your trade would effectively be closed for you by the protocol at the end of seven days. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to like think about it. But once again, the renegotiating it, it it doesn't happen every seven days, right? It happens essentially like your loan, right? If it starts here, like it expires like this, right? It's like a curve, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so basically, what you're trying to do is like as soon as it expires a little bit, you borrow more, so that like essentially you like you stay like yeah. this, right? And essentially, you're borrowing more every time it expires a little bit. And that's how you like. That's how you keep your constant, like your notional constant. I see. And when you say expire, you, a l- uh-huh. right? So like you're like, borrowing a hundred dollars, right? And so like, um, let's say like an hour in, then like your loan expired, and so you only have ninety nine dollars left um, on your loan. You borrowed that one dollar, and when you borrow that one dollar, you're actually okay, renegotiating the rate at which you borrowed that one dollar. And you know, right, essentially right, right. what you're doing is you're borrowing $1, borrowing $1, borrowing $1. And right, every right. time you borrow that $1, it's at a different rate. And so that's how like the rates are negotiated. I see. I see. Okay. Because this is very different because I'm thinking when I put it on a perps position, the funding rate just does it for me and I kind of just keep it on, right? It'll be effectively the same if I was like right in that eight hour window, like that seven hour and 59 minute, I decide to go back and be like, no, 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 let's negotiate. I'm going to reduce my size or I'm going to increase my size uh, to to maintain whatever interest I want to pay or don't want to pay. So so the interesting thing about perps, right? And like, this is something that like most people don't don't really realize is that perps are actually one day futures that are continuously cash settled through the funding rate, right? So what mm-hmm. that means is that essentially perps Correct. are one of the futures that are like this, and then bloop, bloop, 
funny. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, except, except your position doesn't close, right? That's that's the that's the only difference because you kind of renegotiate while the position is already live, and you just agree on this next funding rate. And like, okay, keep keep it exactly. rolling. And, and the fact that you can't, uh, right? And so basically, right, like the fact that you can't, you know, when when you get a shitty funding rate on perps, um, you can't be like, hey, actually, I don't want to pay this funding rate, right? Like, there is no renegotiation, right? It's like. The yeah, purpose is telling you, like, this is the fucking funny rate you're paying. Yes, <laughs> the only yes. way that you're not going to pay this is if you exit your entire position with slippage. Yep. So, you know, it's it's kind of like a loss-loss kind of scenario. With Infinity Pools, and, like, this is kind of like what I was talking about with, like, the interest rate tolerance, right? Is that, like, like somebody goes, like, hey, like, this is the funding rate we'd like you to pay. And you're like, hmm, let me think about it. And you can say like, well, you know what? That interest rate is actually kind of a little high for me. So you know what? I'm not going to do it. And your position actually starts to like slowly expire, right? But it, there's no slippage. There's no like whatever, right? Like there's no like you, you don't how actually. Does, have how does that work, Mathieu? Because I'm trying to understand how can my position decay with time and I have to pay it back, but I'm not getting liquidated. Oh, but my assets front, right? are in link. Hmm? Yeah, but then my assets are in link. I had to pay you back in USDC. Like, is that somebody got to eat that swap, right? Or, right, right, right. But like, this is um, because this is like um, basically it's it's very particular to infinity pools because once again, and and this is like this is all back, like this is all taken back to like, and this is something that only infinity pools does, right? Like, there is like no other protocol in crypto that does this, which is the loan with the exponential expiry. And like, there's a bunch of different reasons why we went with like this particular model, right? And like, I know you had like a question about like how we compare it to like other, you know, what we call like borrow AMMs, like in this space. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is one of like the core fundamental mechanism differences, which is that like all of our loans are have like a exponential expiry, um, and so basically what it means, and like why there's no slippage, is because you're essentially doing uh, between block swaps. Um, and when you're essentially swapping between blocks, um, there, there's, yeah, essentially no slippage. Um, it's, it's just like a, think of it as like a TWAP, like between, even between blocks. Um, yeah. Got it. it so, so, so your position is effectively getting closed on a seven day TWAP based on. Oh, at slope. that same price. Cause it's a TWAP. Based on whatever price that current kind of moment is. And if you don't want to close. Well then, buddy, you got to borrow again, right? Effectively, that's that's pretty exactly. much the way to avoid yourself from getting t-wopped out of your position. Exactly. Yeah. Got and it. and like once again, like you you can like as a trader, right? and this is like one option, right? Like and so this this specifically happens with um, this specifically happens with lower lower leverage loans. With like higher leverage, you can essentially just be like. Um, just like give back everything at once, right? So like, hey, I borrowed $100. I can just like give back. I'm just going to give back um, everything right now. Um, so it's it's a little different, um, but um, yeah, like the entire loan, oh. right? But in, in both oh, cases, actually. right, you can like enter and exit your position immediately, right? Like if I go along, uh, you know, 500 link, at any point immediately, I can be like, hey, I don't want to be long, long 100, like 500 link. And just like get your exposure back to USDC and in a sim- single like a uh, one inch swap. 
Got it. And I just pay back the debt and just be be done and clean with that. Exactly. I see. Can I have yeah, it's a little complicated, it? but you know, we we've okay, tried to this, this is as super as complicated, but we're here for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, this, is, this all this definitely new. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely new. Um but Dave, any question on your end? I feel like I've, I've just hogged yeah, the mic this I do. whole time. No, 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 no. You, this is your time to shine. But I do have a question. Um, you mentioned before um, there is like no JIT risk, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I have two. How is that possible? Why is there no JIT risk? Great question. Um, <laughs> because once again, like you have loans, right? So like when okay. you put in your assets, oh yeah. Okay. You can't just, Seven days. You can just like put it in and then withdraw it, right? Because you've got that unlocked, right? That's like happening. Yeah. I guess my other question is like, how do you protect your is how do you protect yourself against manipulation and you know any type of attack vectors? Like, have you guys modeled out attack vectors and how do you um, you know what is your plan to you know lessen that attack surface? So once again, there's zero counterparty risk, zero, okay. and that means zero. that there's no need to like essentially like it's, it doesn't matter what like what pool you're in like there is um yeah i mean the the protocol is is completely um yeah like yeah. beyond beyond like you know it's beyond it's a it, well it's a primitive yeah exactly so, okay is it because everybody signed up for everyone knows what they're signing up for and they're locked in for the seven days the interest is settled yeah. like you know exactly the yeah. assets you're going to get back and there's no liquidation because well you provided the collateral, the collateral. in the asset that I, I need to get it back in anyways if things were to go south you're going to hold on to the assets already and you already put up the collateral in that same asset type so you just give me all your whole position and we're we're good to go oh because it's already taken care of um, yep, exactly. Do you see because a world? Of, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all, all of this stuff is because it's the. This is essentially a deal between two parties, right? And like people know what they're signing up for um, before like the deal happens, right? When like like the trader pays the liquidity provider the interest rates, like they're gonna get the the best of like two assets. The liquidity provider is gonna get the worst of two assets, um, and. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you signed up yeah. for it, effectively. You, yeah. you signed up for it, and, and you're going to get paid the extra yield for it. But uh, what's, what's unique, though, is like infinity pools allow you to do multiple um, – it's not a peer-to-peer -peer model. It's still a peer-to-pool model, and they kind of yeah. have liquidity all in the pool to make up what your position you want. It's a leverage like layer. Yeah and, yeah, and this is uh, really important, right, like for, for DeFi. I think that like – Right, the the perpetual uh, the um, the success of perpetual futures can really be attributed to the fact that it was a futures instrument that really helped with fragmentation of liquidity for uh, low liquidity assets. Right, and I, I think that's also like the main reason that like options never never really took off in crypto. That you have this fragmentation of liquidity across strikes and mm -hmm. expiries. Yeah, I have a question. Um, could you? Is it possible? I feel like the answer is no, but I just want to ask: Is it possible to, to put up, like, for example, like an LSD as collateral, and like the interest from the LSD can pay back the loan, and use the interest from the LSD to pay back the loan? Um, 
So can can you give me like an example of the pool or like, like any inter- or like any interest bearing asset? Yeah, yeah, like- yeah. I, I could, I could. Dave, yeah. thank you for that genius idea. Let me paint. <laughs> let me take it home right here. So let's say this pair is the SFRAX ETH USDC pair, right? And let's say I borrowed the you know to leverage long SFRAX ETH, and I borrowed USDC. Obviously, SFRAX ETH is yield bearing. So is it mm-hmm. possible for me to effectively? earn that yield I, granted this is only i guess seven it days. is because it's like always it's interest bearing so the price is always rising of the token so the answer yeah. is yes yeah 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 the answer is yes but there's only seven days so like effectively for it to really close out your whole position you'd have to keep on you know re-leveraging long and everybody needs to kind of accept the renegotiation for you to kind of get there but yeah, effectively, you totally could have that 7% native ETH yield be converted to USDC and slowly pay back the USDC that you borrowed over time. Yeah. Um, and once again, I definitely expect that like, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to like see like people like leveraging up on LSDs like crazy on infinite pools, right? Like people, people do it right now with like lending protocols, right? And I think that they get probably like, you know, like, I don't know, five, six X leverage, like you get a hundred thousand mm-hmm. X leverage. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're cooking. But I mean, dude, obviously we're, we're cooking. We're cooking. Dude, the, the borrowing cost is going to ma- like match, right? Like the borrowing cost for this US, for this uh, S-Frax <laughs> USDC is going to match. So arguably people who are like, well, shit, I don't want to get leveraged long SFRAX ETH and take the ETH price volatility. I'll just get leveraged long USDC. <laughs> you just put as much USDC in this pool as I can and let people borrow against it. I'm just like farming USDC. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, another, it, yeah, go ahead. it makes like the, the markets more efficient, right? Like in the end, like, you know, it's, it's just about making the markets more efficient, like letting like people like um, set the interest rates at like, like fair levels essentially. Right. Because even right now, I'm sure that like, people are like you know like paying the interest rate that 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 makes the most sense but you know people are limited by size on both sides right so like people are limited by size mm-hmm. on on um on both like the borrow and lending sides so um mm-hmm. you know it, and and that what that means is that it, it like usually comes with like ca- like inefficiencies because people are trading on capital and not on insight and actually, like one of the like big philosophies um, behind Infinity Pools, right, is that uh, what we want to do is that we want to dem- democratize access to capital, right? So, like, what that means is, you know, the the and like this is kind of like a much like higher level like philosophical question, right? But you know, investing and like specifically doing research for investments, it's only worth your time as an investor if the uh, eventual return that you get from this uh, investment essentially is worth enough money to you, right? Like if the return on investment is high enough that it justifies the time spent, right? If I've got $100 in savings and I invest that in some shitcoin and I put in three hours worth of research and the return is $10, then I just got compensated $10 for essentially three hours worth of research. And that's just not, you know, something that's like worth much to like anyone. Um, on the other hand, if I have like, you know, high amounts of leverage and, you know, like my expected returns as a traders, um, don't actually drop that much. Right. So like, there's a big difference here between good leverage and bad leverage, right. Where like bad leverage actually, um, and by bad leverage, I mean, perpetual futures beyond like a certain, 
um, you know, like leverage level. Because of liquidation. Um, yeah, because of liquidations. Um, if I have access to capital, right, and I can turn that $100 that I have in, in you know, whatever, like, like, um, uh, like gam- not gambling money, but like investment money, right? Like if I have $100 <laughs> in money, and slip. Uh, I can turn that into like, you know, $10,000. And like, you know, the return goes from, um, you know, $20 to um, $2,000, then all of a sudden the three hours worth of research that I put in are completely worth it. So the, the, the high level of like philosophy for Infinity Pools is trade on insight rather than capital, um, which uh, is... This actually leads very well into my next question is with the Forex markets, because this is where it can like... Really, like where insight really matters. So, have what is your plan with forex markets? Like, do you plan to integrate that in the future? And if so, how? Yeah, um, not even in the future. In our V one, and it's one of that I'm like most excited about. Yeah, I can tell. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to be able to offer like ten to twenty thousand x leverage easily on on those on those markets. Um, and the way that we're going to be doing it is by partnering with like really, really great um, stablecoin teams. Um, so specifically, you know, we're, we're very excited. Uh, we've like talked to like uh, Angle, Angle Euro, you know, AG Euro. Nice. Uh, we've mm-hmm. talked to like a couple of different USD stablecoins, like um, also this company called GMO that has a yen stablecoin, um, right? Like these are all nice. people that are going to be essentially, nice. um, 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 you know, providing our, our pools, like, like infinity pools, uh, with their stable coins um, and like, you know, like some other like USD based stable coin, right? So like USD AG Euro or like USDC, like yen, like, or like, you know, like a synthetic yen. And um, yeah, essentially you can start trading Forex like using like from day one, essentially by doing that. That's huge. Cause like Forex has always been something that's been talked about in yeah. DeFi, but hasn't really scaled yet. And this is really the time for it to scale. Especially yeah. 10,000, 20x. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the appetite for leverage in Forex is humongous. Where is that? Finance. There's only yeah. one place you can get 100x leverage in traditional finance, and that's on Forex, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, that, that tells you really something about, like, yeah, like what, what, what people want. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, we, we, we offer we... 100x that. So, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're definitely giving the people more of what they want. And, um, you mentioned this on the previous pod about like how the tick size effectively dictate the leverage and the, the, the closer you get to the money, the kind of higher leverage you can get. Like, I didn't really quite grok that. Do, do you, do you mind kind of explaining that to us a bit? Like how, like, you know, one can go from five X leverage to 5,000 X leverage. Yeah, for sure. So, um, basically the way that you can think about it is that, um, the closer you borrow uh, liquidity to the market price, the more it limits your max loss, right? Because really what the liquidity is doing, right? Is that it's a backstop for your losses, right? So like when the price moves against you, that liquidity is there to like essentially backstop um, or, or like it's like a no slippage stop loss essentially, right? And so the closer this no slippage stop loss is to the market price, the smaller the losses, right? And the smaller right. the losses, the smaller um, essentially like the initial collateral you have to put up. And the smaller nice. the initial collateral you have to put up, 
Um, if you can borrow the same amount, then it means that, um, yeah, you can just, you know, have I higher leverage. I see. I see. So the more the liquidity is like grouped into the one, t let's say every, all the liquidity in the world is grouped within this one tick right at the market price, then you could effectively have as high leverage as you effectively want because, well, your downside is capped. Like the way I first kind of understood about the no loss liquidation was it's effectively like having a, uh, um, it's like it's like a put, right? It's effectively like a put. The moment it kind of passes that threshold of that strike price, you just got to give back this number of assets, and no matter what, you're gonna one thousand percent have that number of assets in your holdings because well, it's locked, and also you put in the collateral to make it so. So depending on how far you borrow from the strike price, like how far the strike price is from the market price, is how much collateral you have to put up, right? That's that's kind of the way I think about it. But then you don't get to choose which liquidity you borrow, right? Like when I want to borrow, say, 2x leverage, and then you, you could effectively take the liquidity that is like super far out of the money so that because there's no way you're going to get liquidated because it's so far out of the money. Mm -hmm. And then but for someone who's like, hey, I want to go super high leverage, then do you take more of the at the money liquidity for this degenerate user? Like, is that how you prioritize the, the at the money liquidity? So, okay, so this this is like where things get really interesting. All right, so yeah. if you use Infinity Pools protocol smart contracts directly, you can choose which liquidity you borrow, right? You can choose like, hey, like I want like this liquidity. Now, what um, Infinity Pools, the company, right? Like the, the equity company, like, you know, like uh, uh -huh. uh, does is kind of like a Uniswap router for uh, interest rates. So essentially, you tell us, hey, I want 2x leverage. And what we do is that we look at the liquidity spread across, you know, like the entire pool, and we go, okay, um, if you borrow, um, you know, some liquidity here, some liquidity here, some liquidity here, and you combine that liquidity, then it actually gives you the best interest rate as a trader. Um, um, uh, it, it gives you the best interest rate as a trader, I right? See. And and so it, it really acts like a Uniswap router for interest rates. I and see, I see. Yeah, interest rate swaps is like another thing where there's a thousand different protocols, but like, <laughs> like the more protocols and users. So it's interesting to see you guys like, you guys are building so many like different primitive, I mean, different oh. actions by accidents, like, oh, here's the interest rate swap. Oh, here you can buy and sell volatility. Oh, like this, like, it's really cool what you guys built. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. And each liquidity band effectively has its own utilization rate. That's why yep. each liquidity band has its own interest rate. And that's why the Infinity Pool Labs company with the interest rate router is able to kind of group it up for you and just kind of shake and bake. Shaking base. Yeah. And also, dude, let's not mention about structured products that you can build on top of this, right? Wait, but let's now, do like... mention it. What <laughs> what structured products can we build on top of this? Yeah, so actually like this there there is an an idea that I've been super excited about about That's like building on top of infinity pools. And I'm not sure whether we should build it, someone else should build it. Um just because like it, it's 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 something that's like very exciting to me. Um Basically, right, um, you can build structured products 
on top of Infinity Pools um, as a liquidity provider, right? So like what liquidity providing is on Infinity Pools, right, as uh, Capital K mentioned, is um, you're essentially selling uh, options, right? You are selling options at different strikes, different expiries, et cetera, et cetera. You just don't know it, right? It's all abstracted away. Yeah. Um, but, um, and, and, and by the way, like, in, in this case, it's much more like selling options than Uniswap, right? Like saying that like you sell options on Uniswap is, is, is not true, right? Because it's incredibly path dependent, right? Like if you're selling an option on Uniswap out of the money, right? And the market price never hits that, then like you're essentially like, yeah, just like selling a free option. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. Um, so, um, on infinity pools, because you're getting paid upfront, right? Um, you're essentially it, it's it's much more like an option. It's still like path dependent, yeah. but it's much less path dependent than something like Uniswap. Um, so much more like options than Uniswap on the back end. So what does that mean? That means that you can essentially um, sell options in a certain way um, such that it matches a given payoff. What does that mean? Well, that is what we call structured payoffs, uh, structured products, sorry. So what is the idea? Well, structured products um, built on top of infinity pools have three to four advantages over traditional finance and um, even just kind of like uh, your classic DOVs today. Um, mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, there's still like some debate there, but like, I, I, I think that the main ones are you can have structured products on any asset immediately and permissionlessly, right? So no need to interact or like strike up a deal with market makers or anything like that. Any asset, any payoff on any asset. And this one is very important too, right? And number three, um, because you don't interact with market makers and you don't have to pay market makers a spread every week to roll over your position, you actually have higher yield. Uh, number four, um, because it, you're, you're deploying 100% of your assets, right? Um, and what that means is that um, you essentially, um, so for example, like other like DOVs that I'm aware of in the space, um, got around like, you know, early withdrawals by only deploying 80% of the assets, right? In, mm-hmm. in the structure products, right? So like you only get 80% of the yield. Um, here you can deploy 100% of the capital and then you can like either withdraw gradually or like withdraw immediately and pay a small fee, right? Um, so it's, there, there is also like very much like much more flexibility on the withdrawal terms. So you've got these like four really, really cool advantages. Well, like, What's the best way to utilize them? Well, I had an idea, which was that you could create a marketplace. And in this marketplace have um, quants or traders that come in and build their own structured products, right? So this would be structured products on uh, assets with a given payoff, right? And they can, they can create the payoff, they can choose the assets, et cetera, et cetera. And then those traders would then go on and sell those structured products to other people, right? When you have in traditional finance, the people that are distributing the structured products, right? The people that are selling the structured products are not, you know, the 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 the, the originators, right? There's it's not CME, it's not NASDAQ, right? It's like Goldman. Right. right? Like Goldman like mm-hmm. creates those structured Packages. products. 
and yeah, and then like I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about the movie The Big Short. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, yeah. And of you know how like at the at the beginning, like Michael Burry's like, oh, I have an idea. I want to like buy this product, and Goldman Sachs yeah. like, this doesn't exist. They're like, can you make it? So is it yeah, like that? Okay. Yeah, it's on, only oh, that. Oh, okay. Only that. Um, on. Uh, you don't need to go to anyone, right? You can create yeah. that product yourself. And oh, then like, you can create yeah. it. So Michael yeah, Burry yeah. can go can go create the product himself. Yeah, exactly. And then Michael Burry can also go sell it to other people, right? Yeah. Like, so there's like not only like the like it's not only like you know tearing down the barrier to access for like structured products, and um, and it's it's also essentially like solving this like an important distribution problem where like um, you can essentially have like other people sell like your structure products, mm -hmm. which is, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is like a no, whole other are always thinking about distribution, right? It's like distribution, distribution, distribution. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> uh, which is why like, I, I'd be really excited to like, see like a cool team build this on top of Infinity Pools. Like, I think we're still trying to like stay pretty laser focused, but um, yeah. Yeah. And, we'll and, see. um, Speaking of being laser focused in distribution, like how are you guys planning on getting your first 10 million in TVL? Yeah. And what's the roadmap for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. When okay. do you when combo question. Both <laughs> fantastic questions. Okay. So um, the first one is um, I am a believer that um, demand drives supply, right? Especially for what we call um, asset as a service companies. Um, right. And like, yeah, you, you definitely have like some cold start problem, right. Where like, you need to have like, you know, some, some like existing liquidity bef before like people start trading, but in the end, right. If people want to trade on your platform, um, demand, um, supply will eventually come. And, um, mm -hmm. in our case, it's like, uh, it's in, in, in two shapes, two different shapes. Right. So like, let's say that like there is a lot more training demand than there is supply. Then uh, Delta neutral market maker can essentially come in, provide liquidity to infinity pools, and then hedge their position with options on other exchanges. Um, and essentially what that means is that they deposit TVL on infinity pools and then like hedge that. And they're basically completely Delta neutral while providing liquidity and making money on infinity pools. So, um, number one, um, you know, if there is like, uh, you know, too much trading activity compared to like the demand, there are some really, really good ways to like hedge that out or, or like to like, you know, kind of like bring, bring the rates down and like bring the rates reasonable levels for traders. Um, if the rates are not like high enough, as I said before, you can just uh, go in as a trader and like buy up the volatility. We already went over that, right. With like the, um, uh, strangle, um, so, um, but beyond that, right, like what, what I'm particularly, or like what I particularly want to do. And, and by the way, so like, that's like one type of like LP that we've talked to. Um, there are many other different types of LPs that like, um, we've, we've actually gotten a lot of interest from, right? Like we've also got an interest from, um, uh, people that just want to like LP, right? Like EFUSDC, right? Like their portfolio um, is like EFUSDC and like they think that it's a fantastic opportunity to like, you know, essentially get like a, a nice like um, risk adjusted payoff on, on those two assets. Um, especially since like there's a very high possibility that in the first couple months, 
um, especially in the first month of infinity pools, we will see uh, the rates being paid by, by like two like liquidity providers be quite high um, just because of like, you know, like high trading volumes. Um, and um, okay, so that's the second type. And then um, I, I specifically really want to do a lot of like, um, you know, like B2B stuff, right? So like, I really want to like have like protocols on the long tail of assets provide liquidity to. Um, the, mm-hmm. the reason for that, right, is that uh, today the pitch for market makers, right? Like when a market maker goes to like a protocol, uh, what they tell them is like, hey, pay us like this absurd amount of money. And uh, what we do is that we provide liquidity, reduce volatility for a token and tokens that have uh, lower levels of volatility and higher liquidity tend to outperform all of our tokens. That's literally their pitch. Um, but, you know, like projects then like need to like pay insane amounts of money and like give like loans with like crazy terms to these market makers for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, instead of doing that, why don't you just provide liquidity to infinity pools? You still get all of the upside, right? Like all the stuff that I just mentioned, higher liquidity, like lower volatility because people can both long and short it. Um, and so you still get that like, potential outperformance of your token, but you don't need to like, you know, do any shitty loans to like centralized parties and you don't need to pay absurd fees to like anyone else. Right. So mm-hmm. um, for me, like this is kind of like a match made in heaven for like the long tail of like protocols too, that are, that are trying to like, you know, um, have, have some liquid markets. Yeah. Um, who do you guys see being the power users? Like when I think of like power users, I think of like Arrakis of like would be all over this. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I'm sure. Are you, are you talking to them? Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking to Iraq. Oh, yeah. gamma strategies. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean like uh, steer protocol, um, mm-hmm. all, all, all those guys, you know, like, like um, probably looking their chops right now at this. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I think it's kind of like a, a, a real match made in heaven because like automated liquidity management, um, like uh, protocols like that, that are kind of like medium, medium, like, um, medium frequency rebalances, they're fantastic, right? Because what you can yeah. do is that you can look at, oh, you know, where's the utilization rate the highest? Let's put our assets, you know, on like the takes the highest utilization, right? Like, and so you can you can kind of have um, this. And because, you know, it, it, like loans have like um, medium frequency, right? Because like they're, they, they essentially expire seven, like yeah. every seven days, right? Like exponentially. And once again, I say seven days, but you can actually like calculate, right? So, you know, you do 0.5 to the power of two, uh, uh, sorry. Um, so yeah, um, 0.5 to the power of two, that's, um, so you get like 25%, you have 25% of your assets left after two days, you have uh, zero, uh, 12% after three days, you have um, 6% left after four days, you have- Where'd you get uh, 0.5 from? So it's a um, uh, loans have a half life of one day, right? So essentially every day ah. you have half of your loan that expires. And so that's where the 0.5 comes from, right? So already Got after it. five days or after like, you know, after four days, you only have like 6% of the assets left in the pool, right? Like that's that's always, that's already like pretty, pretty like negligible. So it's like seven days, but it's like, it's like literally like oh. most of your assets get returned to you immediately anyways. I see. But, 
Because if you have a $100 loan after day one, you only have a $50 loan. After day two, you only have a $25 loan. So yep. it gets, so you had to pretty much re up pretty quickly. Oh, the yields are going to be so juicy because the, the LP is going to get 50% of their capital back after one day, effectively to be borrowed again. Right. Well, so, um, it's, so the, yeah, yeah, we, we automate that process, that, that, that thing, right? We're sure, like, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but, but under the hood, effectively now that frees up again. And then you ask the trader, like, yo, 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 I still want that. But now there's a new exchange rate that, or a new interest rate that you have to pay for, you know, to, to kind of keep the position going. Yep. Um, yeah. By the way, this is like the like deepest I've dove into Infinity Pool on any podcast. Like you will not find uh, this yeah. ever podcast. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> it's the first time I get to like go into like the exponential expiry of loans for Infinity Pools, which is an incredibly important property because. Yes. And, and this is actually like super great. I mean, this is like very technical for like, you know, options nerds, but um, basically the rate that is paid from traders to um, from traders to liquidity providers, right? It's it's composed of two parts, right? The first one is um, what we call like the floor rate or like the fair interest rate, which is kind of like uh, uh, similar to Black Scholes. And then the second part is uh, utilization rate, right? So it's like when you combine the utilization rate with this like floor interest rate that you get the overall rate. Not the first part, right? Like the utilization rate and the Black Scholes rate. A lot of people have had a lot of problems in crypto because computing Black Scholes on chain is really fucking hard. There is some math around having uh, loans with exponential expiry that make it so that the rate um, uh, the, and the equation that we use is simpler than Black Scholes. So that means much more gas efficient. And it's more mm. accurate, so that means, uh, yeah, and and so basically like uh, better pricing, so it's simpler and more accurate. And like this is like once again very kind of like nerdy, but it means that like yeah, it's, it's just that the bath like no, we encourage it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, wh who makes up the Infinity Pools team? Like, it sounds like you guys are really doing some cutting edge stuff. And like, um, you know, like you said at the beginning, it's not just you. So, you know, love to have you shout them out. Yeah. So this is actually, let me, I, I can show you something that's like really fucking crazy. Um, so by the way, the guy that like came out, uh, that came up with these like equations, it's like tw easily twice my IQ. Uh, he's like our head of quant. Um, this guy got his PhD in math. Um, from Cambridge and, and the UK was like a quant at like, you know, like all the big like quant shops, like Goldman, um, Tudor, like, et cetera, et cetera. But um, nice. let me, let me, let me share like um, so, some of the material and like, this is like, yeah, it's literally, I mean, like now it's like much higher, but it's literally like, <laughs> it's, it's fucking nice. crazy. There's 50 pages, 56 pages now. And it's, yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's like all math, there's like basically no English. And, and all of this for like two equations, essentially that are super simple. They're like this long. And, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. a lot of work yeah. essentially has gone into this. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we haven't been working on this for, for a year for no reason. Um, let's put yeah. it out. Wow. Yeah, I, I just so want to copy all of that math put it into chat GPT four and be like, explain it to me. <laughs> explain it to me like I'm in five. English. <laughs> yes. Um, so a fun experience. Yeah. When do we, when do we see a launch of infinity pools? When's the V one coming out? 
So um, our test net, hopefully in less than 30 days. Oh, shit. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And you know how software engineering stuff is. Um, Mm -hmm. That is my like. Currently, the way that the engineers have like their schedule is that this is this is the goal, but we shall see. But like, regardless, totally going to ship. (laughs) Yeah, this is either going to be released on the the fourteenth or the twenty first. So this could very well, you know, be released the day of launch. Or close uh, to, uh, or close to, close to, close to. Oh, no, 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 of uh, June. Okay, yeah, yeah, so no, like we're, 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 we're definitely yeah. looking at a late June, um, late June release. Late June, yeah, okay. yeah. Late June, okay. Yeah, nice. yeah, so it may be just before the testnet. So um, for for folks out there, definitely play with this product when the testnet comes out. I think this is literally a new capital P primitive capital that can be P. played here. Yeah, right. I, I assume this work with all concentrated liquidity, Uni V3, Tr- Trader Joe. Oh no, it's Bitcoin. it's new. It's like it's a whole new primitive. It's just like takes it takes the LPs and just like in its own. But it's not native. just Uniswap, right? It yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It could Trader be, I guess, Joe, yeah. like anybody, right? As long as it has a concentrated liquidity element to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's uh, yeah, like as you said, uh, infinity pools like is it, it, it can take like uh, liquidity from like any other AMM. Um, but yeah, it's it's like its own decks, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, any AMM could it be a curve pool or n- no? Yeah. Once again, like when, when you take liquidity, like yeah, and you transport it to, over to like infinity pools, it becomes like native infinity pools liquidity. Um, so yeah, I, I like um, we we yeah we could probably recreate like curve type payoffs, right? Like it'd take a little more work, but like yeah, hundred percent. I can see like a, a future where you can do like a one-click import of like curve positions. Oh, dude! And if you could keep it on the curve pool, that means you add gauges like <laughs> APR on top. Is that necessary though? If like the like it's the not, it, real it yield overkill now, <laughs> it, it would take the liquidity out of the curve though. Like yeah, so this. Oh, would I see. Be, see? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. It's gonna be its own AMM. Cool. Yeah. Did you have any more questions, kid? Or do you want to roll into the uh, lightning? Yeah, the lightning round. Let's let's roll into the lightning round. My my mind is still boggling, so I, I think I need some time to digest this. But mm-hmm. uh first of all, Matthew, thank you so much for hopping on with us. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And at the end of the pods, we normally run through a series of quick lightning questions just to get to know the you know founder, I mean the, the person behind the founder. And the first question is um when did you first touch the blockchain? And sexist doesn't count. What was your virgin crypto experience? So this was actually my freshman year um, at Columbia. I was studying computer science. Uh, my neighbor had one of the very first Coinbase's account. And uh, he uh, actually uh, told me about Bitcoin mining. This was like 2013. Um, and wow. he was like, hey, man, uh, yeah, if you run this like program on your computer when you sleep, it makes you 30 bucks a month. I was like, you know, sign me up. Uh, really like, risky. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, oh, I, yeah. I, um, yeah, for me, it was just kind of like easy way to like make make some like, you know, monthly monthly money. And yeah, it actually got me into Bitcoin. So probably one of the only people that like didn't get into Bitcoin for drugs. I <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, no, uh, Sam Kaz mined Dogecoin in his dorm room, too. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. 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 That's pretty but cool. what did you spend that thirty bucks on, Matthew? 
that's the real I'm sweating. <laughs> but no, the, the, the second question, the second question is what is your favorite off-chain touch grass activity? Hobbies and oh, interests. Yeah, we're, we're really going out there. Um, yeah. Fuck. Um, this is going to be really nerdy, but I love mangas. <laughs> so mangas? Yeah, I love mangas. Um, I okay. Yeah, uh, only saying this because this is a crypto podcast. So, like, you know, I know that, like, some, some, you know, I'm going to have, like, fellow nerds listening to this. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and actually, it's super interesting. So, I'm, I'm half French, um, half Italian. But, like, you know, definitely, like, went to French high school. First language is French, all that stuff. France is the second biggest country um, uh, is outside of Japan. France is the biggest consumer of mangas in the world. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, oh. pretty, pretty interesting uh, data point for you. Um, Did you know that if you like consume mangoes before you smoke weed, you get more high? <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah, that's like the I, one mango fact I ha- I know. Cool. Uh, I mean, I was talking about mangas. Like a the- manga, manga. I thought you said mangoes. Oh, you said mango. Yeah, no, I, I, I heard mango too. I heard mango too. So I was like, do you plant the mangoes or do yeah. you just like, like really oh, like them? Oh, manga. 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 I was like, oh, Japan consumes that many mangoes? I don't remember seeing too many mangoes. <laughs> I was like, oh, Dude, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, then, 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 then slight quick follow up. What is your favorite manga? Oh, uh, favorite manga? Ooh. Um, I mean, it's it's technically a manhua, which is like the Korean version of a manga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Tower of God is is probably up there. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, I recently just started reading the the Demon Slayer manga, so I vibe vibes. Okay, yeah. but that's that's it on my end, Dave. So what's what's what on is, yours? What is some advice you would give to you, your younger self? Um, man. Uh, pay more attention in math class. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Did we lose capital? Did we lose Kit? I'm here, Kit. I'm here, I'm here. Okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yes. And then the last question on my end, oh, and second, we'll close yeah. this out after, uh, is if you weren't in tech, weren't in math, what would you be doing with your career right now? Um, DJ, Electro. Hell yeah. Um, once again, French, French, French spirit coming out. French, <laughs> French through and through. Uh, and by the way, that's your musical talent. This is just purely because like, <laughs> I feel like it'd be really fucking fun. And I, I, I have like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, you know, sure. like, yeah, but I, I love music. Uh, um, that's like my ever big, you know, like touch grass hobby, I guess. Hell yeah. Me too. Um, last question. Uh, who do you think should be the next guest on Flywheel? Ooh, uh, that's a really good one. Uh, what protocol am I excited about? Um, let me look at my conversations. And we go deep, so don't, you yeah. know, don't be shy. Don't be shy yeah. to bring on the tough cookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, uh, okay, yeah. So this is actually one of my friends, but um, um, Yi Sun at Axiom. Um, Axiom is Oh, wait, a- I think I met him. Yeah, they're doing ZK. Um, yeah, I think I met him at Zuzu. Yeah, ZK co-processor. He's the founder, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, the co-processor. 
Yeah, that's really cool. That's a really good suggestion. Yeah, um, really, yeah. really cool guy. Super nice, incredibly smart. Definitely like top ten, top twenty people. Um, I, I know um, in in terms of like raw IQ. So <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for that. And on that note, uh, Mathieu, thank you so much for coming on for diving deep into the infinity pools. I think our listeners and viewers have gotten a lot out of this episode and I feel like we're going to look back on this one and be like, damn, this was the start of something big. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. And thanks again for taking the time, you know, for asking all those wonderful, uh, very in-depth questions. Um, yeah, man, um, definitely one of my best, yeah. best, uh, best podcast experiences so far. So, um, oh, yeah. we love to see it. We love to we hear it. To please. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Welcome, everyone, to the Post Game Show. I'm your host, DeFi Dave, here with Capital K, and we dove deep, 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 deep into Infinity Pools. Um, Kit, what I loved about this interview, it was your interview. It was your time to shine. This was like <laughs> you like taking the wheel because on, this is not my specialty, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. And this is clearly yours, and you really took the reins of this. So thank you. And I think this will, this is what makes Flywheel such a great podcast is we like complement each other so well in these regards. And so um, yeah, I'm just what right off the bat, like final, like any like thoughts on the interview, like what what comes to your mind? Dude, I, I mean, I was definitely in my groove for this one. This was definitely my lane. And like, you know, I, I loved it that, you know, you kind of recognize then you can just let me play in my playground. So that was awesome. And then the first thing that came out is I, I really think if the math checks out, right, if the math really mm-hmm. checks out, like this is very interesting. This is this is going to be like coming out of the box. Like, hey, you got to have a liquidity pool, but you also got to have this leverage layer on top of your liquidity pool. Right. This is the way liquidity pools will be done in the future. Right. It, it kind of leads me to think about like how um, like what what the Sam said, Sam, Sam K said, like the stable coin maximalism. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of like home towards the stable coin with the swap facility. Like, I think this is a similar type of, of um, uh, maximum um, that. You know, you take a liquidity pool Any every liquidity pool is going to have this layer on top of it. It it just comes prepackaged as as one now. I think this we're we're at a dawn of something very very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Like the fact that we can get ten thousand to twenty thousand x leverage on forex on chain is and basically like have things that aren't even offered in traditional finance is huge. Uh, I just like wonder about the gas optimizations, but it sounds like they really took that into account. Yeah, I, I mean that that's fair because, like I said, uh, like he said, the the position decays at a, a half life per day, so oh, oh, um, that's pretty rough because mm-hmm. you had to like re up on that position all the time. I mean, he's probably going to be developing an L two or some kind of more gas efficient mm-hmm. way. But barring all of that, like this is truly mm-hmm. a new way of providing liquidity and also leveraging on your preferred stablecoin. Like the the key unlock is the actually the the no liquidation, right? Like the, the low liquidation with an extremely small amount of collateral. Like that is very key. No loss to the LPRs, no, yeah, no such thing as bad debt. Like there's like, no counterparty risk. Is uh, it's truly a capital P massive. primitive. Yeah. Yeah. Capital capital like, P primitive. 
Um, what was your favorite part of the interview? I think my favorite part was how he uh, initially was trying to keep us on the very surface level, but like kind of like a little bit halfway through, he kind of recognized that, you know, flywheels built different. And then he started going a little bit more nerdy yeah. and he started and he started getting deep into it. And I was like, okay, this is when we get the good juice for our listeners. And that's and, what uh, they come you like, for. You have to like stick around for that. It's like, it's slow and gradual, but if you're patient, that's when you get the real gold. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, yeah, exactly. I think that was one of my favorite parts. He was like, yeah, this is like the best co- podcast I've ever been on. Um, <laughs> like that means a lot, especially like with all the previous podcasts yeah. we watched of this interview. Yeah, so yeah. setting a standard there. Um, but my personal favorite part was when he was talking about the structured products and, you know, I want to mm. see a team build this. And then I went and said like the Michael Burry comparison. It's my favorite part because for me, this interview was um, not the easiest to understand. But when we got to that point, I was able to be like, oh, like, this is like the Michael, like, and, he, and then he was like, yeah, you don't even have to go to Goldman Sachs for that. You can just create it yourself and then we'll have distribution. Yeah. It's like a Build-A-Bear workshop, like, you know? Yeah. Build a <laughs> structured product workshop. <laughs> yeah. No, no, build I, a bowl I, I, workshop. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that that was your, your, your favorite part. Cause that was, you know, I'm always tied to the, Hey, let's, where, where does the rubber meets the road? Right. Like I wanted to ask him about like, mm-hmm. what was his, um, way to get the first 10 million TVL into it. Cause it's, you know, like you said, a hard product to do and a hard product to explain. So I'm very curious on how the onboarding user experience is going to be like the UI looks nice. UI does look nice. Looks pretty, I mean, they have the matcha people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's talk about stack team too. Like what'd you think about their team? Yeah. That. Bro, that 56 pages of just straight math, that's terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Like, yeah. But what's, but like what's beautiful about it is like, yeah, it's like really intimidating that it was 56 pages. But at the end of it, you get like two little equations that are like this long. They're like the size yeah. of my mustache. <laughs> and then yeah, like, no. Boom. That's, that's, that's what you want to see. That's what you want. I, I, I definitely want to see um, DAOs actually use this. As like if the DAO has you know any type of PLL or any kind of assets on their treasury, obviously they have their native token. Like they should be like the largest LP or of this pool. You yeah, know what I mean, like, and one thing I, we didn't really I, even yeah. talk. Yeah, go ahead. One thing we didn't really no, even no. talk about was um, how um, like what he thinks of BAM and Frax's you know oh, right. implementation of this. Um, I think we were just like so interested in like figuring that out, and that's like the main reason why. I asked for, wanted to do this interview because when I interviewed Sam at ETH Denver, Tim, I feel like I like mentioned that interview over and over again because he sells like so many things from the future. Um, but he mentions infinity pools by name. Um, and that was like the main motivation. I was like, oh, like uh. this is what BAM is going to be built on top of. And like, but the thing is like, there isn't too much information about BAM. So I'm not sure how much right. you could even comment on it. Yeah. Um, but I, I hope that like, I hope like the Frax team can take this interview and, you know, because we go deep, I wonder if like they can like learn a few things from this. And I'm sure they've had. I wonder if they have conversations before. But like, damn, it's just just like some. What I love about doing these interviews and just like podcasting in general is I know I don't know everything, and this was like a clear interview where I didn't know. But just like being able to steer the conversation into the point where he feels comfortable to go deep enough, and then he gets to like the real meat of. 
the product and what he's building and the ramifications and the mechanics. Like that's what makes podcasting like dope. So Kit, any closing thoughts on infinity pools? You're going to you know, get your swimsuit and dive in when it, the test net launches. Dude, a hundred percent. I think we're definitely on a cusp of something new. I definitely want to play with this thing and see if it lives up to what he's kind of purporting. But, but if it does, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, thoughts on your end? I'm not going to play with the test. Um, thoughts on my end? I can't wait for the threaders to come out and explain this. I feel like this is the next wave of like threading content. And so, you know, really looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. And I'm excited to see like how much this grows DeFi on chain because derivatives in the real world are so much bigger than the spot markets. And like he's talking about 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 for stable coins um, leverage. And so, like, I think, you know, if all goes well, then this will truly take DeFi to the next level. This will truly, mm-hmm. this could be the thing that takes DeFi to a trillion TBL or more. And so, that's right. what I'm really excited about. And if you want to be with us on that journey to trillions of TVL, make sure you hit that bell button and subscribe to Flywheel. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at FlywheelDefi. Join our Telegram at FlywheelDefi. And you can follow me on Twitter at DefiDave22. You can follow me at 0x capital underscore K. And we will see you next week. Everything said on this episode is not financial or tax advice. This channel is strictly for educational purposes and is not an investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any assets or to make any financial decisions. This video is not tax advice whatsoever. Please talk to your accountant and do your own research.